Hello and welcome to Quantitative Investment Insights presented by Greenwich Quantitative Research. Greenwich Quantitative Research is a hedge fund based in Greenwich, Connecticut, focused on market-neutral quantitative investing in the Asia-Pacific region. I'm here with the company's founder and chief investment officer, Gene Riley. Gene has 30 years of experience trading and investing, including 19 years living and working in Asia. And in terms of career highlights, Gene was a partner at Goldman Sachs and run equity trading for them across the region. Gene also has substantial quantitative investing experience and more recently ran global quantitative trading for Merrill Lynch in New York. Gene, it's good to see you. Well, expanding on a theme we previously discussed, we provided a solid explanation for why China's onshore equity market is suitable for quantitative market neutral investing. We learned about many unique aspects of China's equity markets and explore the access channels open to foreign investors, namely QFII and Connect. Today, we're going to discuss the significance of the new QFII rules announced in 2020, and we'll review the various practical options investors have for executing orders onshore and will cover important areas such as domestic exchanges and the broad range of share equity classes that is sometimes confusing for some investors. Now, before we get into the new QFI rules, let's talk about the success of the Connect program. Gene, starting with the 2014 Shanghai Hong Kong Stock Connect program, we saw a material increase in foreign flows into China, and this accelerated even further after the 2016 Shenzhen Hong Kong Stock Connect launch. So why did Connect attract so much more investor interest and flow than QFII and RQFII? Oh, thanks, Layla. Connect launched in November of 2014, you know, well after QFII and RQFII. But by the end of Q1 2020, QFII and RQFII represented only a third of A share holdings by foreign investors, while Stock Connect investors represented two thirds. So, really significant growth in that channel as the preferred channel for investors investing in, in onshore China. And the main reasons are investor access, uh, ease of FX management, simplicity, and uh, you know, filling, helping to fill product gaps, uh, including the addition of China to the global index benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Can you give us more background on these reasons? How was investor access different under Connect versus QFI and RQFI? Well, Connect is a channel that's available to all investors and investor strategies uh, for anyone who can open an account in Hong Kong. QFI and RQFI had strict qualification criteria, which meant most investors weren't actually eligible to use the program. Uh, the QFI and RQFI programs stated that long-term strategic investments were preferred. China's stance dissuaded eligible firms you know, who had short and medium-term trading strategies like hedge funds or even retail investors. So to satisfy the uh, QFI and RQFI requirements, investors needed to fully invest their QFI. And it wasn't strictly enforced, but it created you know, some, you know, some regulatory friction um, and also repatriation was an issue. So investors were holding, you know, renminbi balances, um, you know, even if they did not have, uh, you know, an investable stock position at the time. You mentioned managing FX exposure. Sure. Under uh, QFI and RQFI, investors needed to be comfortable managing and hedging RMB. So RMB is a restricted currency. You had to hold a balance of RMB onshore. The only way to hedge that uh, RMB exposure was using the NDF or non-deliverable forward market, which 
yeah, very technical for some investors. Uh, you know, under Connect, investors can execute orders um, and settle with either U.S. dollars or offshore renminbi, the same way the way they would transact with any other market. So it really, really created um, easier way to. Uh, you know, transact from an FX perspective, you know, relative to, uh, you know, the cumbersome FX requirements and FX, potential FX hedging requirements, um, you know, to transact via the old QFI and RQFI system. Now, I can see why the FX management issues would be a major hurdle for most investors and why solving FX management attracted more foreign flows. How was Connect simpler compared with QFI and RQFI? It was um, simple and, and more flexible. Investors could use their existing brokerage accounts for Connect. QFI required QFI specific accounts. You know, the cross-border flow of flow was handled by the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, so brokerage firms would only need to connect to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange that they already did business with. Um, QFI investors had to establish their own onshore and offshore appointed custodians, as well as um, as well as specific onshore brokers. So Connect is it just remains, um, you know, significantly similar in terms of uh, you know obtaining the QFI license. Uh, the old program took three to six months to to just get the license. Uh, the new pro- QFI program has been simplified, but it is still, you know, a lot more time consuming and requires specific documentation and approval compared to Stock Connect, which is open to anyone who has a um, you know anyone who has an account in Hong Kong to trade to trade equities. What products or features did Connect offer that wasn't available in QFI or QFI? Specifically, from a from a regulatory change, uh, the ability to utilize broker swap inventory to short became permissible under the Connect rules. That was specifically prohibited, uh, you know, under the QFI rules. How did these changes impact the thinking of global index providers? such as FTSE and MSCI on China markets? You know, MSCI specifically cited the market opening measures introduced through the Connect program as one of the major reasons they added China to the MSCI Emerging Market Benchmark. Um, You know, and that provided a push for investors that were significantly underweight China to allocate into the market, and they had a much easier way to execute via Connect. So, um, you know, significant inflow into the market, and so. gave investors uh, you know, a benchmark that was much more representative of global market capitalization. Mm-hmm. What about the recent changes to the QFI program? Given the great success of the Stock Connect program and the modest appetite, even among eligible investors for QFI and RQFI, why do you think China decided to make changes to the QFI and RQFI programs instead of concentrating its efforts on getting one program right? You know, it's not clear why China decided to close the gap between, uh, you know, the QFI program and the Connect program by revamping some of the QFI rules instead of just focusing on proving Connect. You know, it, it's likely that in the long term, China anticipates that investors will be able to invest directly into China without going through an intermediary such as the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. At that point, potentially, the renminbi would be, you know, a freely convertible currency and the difficulties in terms of international investors accessing the exchanges onshore in China might be might be eliminated. So from that perspective, you know, they could see that evolution in the market. I see. Can you discuss the changes made to QFI and RQFI and their relevance? 
Sure. They, they've merged the QFI and RQFI programs, and they now collectively refer to them as QFI with one eye. Uh, in January uh, of 2019, uh, the CSRC SAFE and, and the PBOC circulated a consultation paper on the proposed changes uh, to the programs, and they requested you know, market feedback. In September of 2020, they published the new regulations, which became effective on November 1st, uh, 2020. And the changes included merging the two programs, QFI and RQFI, into QFI, uh, are significant and represent another major market opening step by China. The changes address many of the issues investors faced with the old program. Over the years, investors call for a number of changes to address QFI and RQFI program limitations and inflexible rules. We have already discussed the issues surrounding FX repatriation. Was FX management improved over the past few years by China's reforms? Sure. In 2018, the Chinese regulators made capital repatriation more flexible by removing the lock-in period and permitting investors to repatriate their proceeds at any time. There previously had been strict limits on the amount foreign investors could take out of China at a time, and it took you know, multiple years to potentially fully repatriate um, your QFI balance. Uh, and in 2020, they continued to uh, address the, the process by allowing QFIs uh, to repatriate proceeds shortly after they submit a tax commitment letter signed by the QFIs and their custodians. Previously, the process was time-consuming. QFIs had to submit a special audit report on investments um, issued by a Chinese certified public accountant you know, for, and tax clearance and tax certificates. You mentioned QFI and RQFI are quota-based programs. There are quota limits at the individual investor level and an overall limit for the whole program. Did China address quotas in the 2020 QFI reforms? You know, absolutely. In uh, you know, September of 2019, uh, People's Bank of China and SAFE announced that QFI and RQFI investors would no longer need to have SAFE approve a, a quota for them. QFIs could simply request their custodian to make a registration with SAFE. The $300 billion overall cap on the program was also removed, uh, and that quota removal became effective um, in June of 2020. So this was a, a pretty big change. Um, you know, going back, you know, more than a decade, there wasn't enough quota in the market for the international demand for Chinese securities. And as a result of that, uh, you know, there were sometimes, you know, significant premiums um, you know, to access the uh, you know to access the Chinese market, and you know as a as a result of that, sometimes the you know Chinese ETF traded at uh, you know traded at, at significant premiums as well. Um, so this should lead to a more level playing field, so to speak, in terms of international investors uh, being able to access the uh, the Chinese market. Um, you know, in the in the quantities that they would like to do so. Mm-hmm. How about investor access? Is QFI open to a wider range of investors? Sure, they've relaxed that so significantly. Um, there's no longer, you know, previously there was a minimum period of which a firm needed to be operating before they would be eligible for a QFI. The applicants can now be all types of asset managers. There previously had been a strong preference for purely long-only investors to... Um, you know, to receive their own key fees. That's now opened the door for, you know, hedge funds to establish key fees. Also, the language has been removed that gave preference to, um, you know, long-term holders. Um, so, 
that that is is no longer an explicit requirement. And the application procedure and, and the approval process has been cut down to 10 days from from what was you know potentially a multi-month process previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, these changes sound pretty significant. Was the limited product scope addressed? The investment scope's been expanded to um, you know equity investors, margin trading and securities lending and stock exchanges has been approved. Stocks listed on the uh, NEEQ are now approved for QFE investors. That's the third national equity trading venue after uh, the Shenzhen and uh, Shanghai Stock Exchanges. It's an over-the-counter system that was established uh, back in 2012 for trading stocks that, that weren't listed on the two major exchanges. Also, options that are listed and traded on the futures exchange are, are, have been approved by uh, the State Council or the C- or CSRC. Okay. Uh, are there any other relevant changes to mention? You know, QFIs can now appoint an unlimited number of onshore securities brokers. Previously, that was that was restricted to three onshore brokers. Uh, additionally, QFIs could appoint only one custodian. Um, now they can appoint three. Uh, QFIs can invest using any currency and convert into Renminbi via their offshore custodian. There's still a requirement that the funds must come from offshore. There has to be an FX conversion. Um, they can't access it using onshore, uh, you know, onshore uh, renminbi. The new rules have also enhanced regulatory oversight of QFIs, but at the same time, reduced the required, uh, you know, daily data submissions. A number of announced changes to QFI are still pending approvals and an additional reforms necessary to make them viable. I have heard that while changes have been officially announced, many of the new features cannot be implemented at this time. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, the wording of the new rules is sometimes vague, and the regulators need to provide detail on specific investment products. In addition, some of the activities permitted under the new rules can't be carried out unless other existing rules and processes are changed. Um, stock borrowing loan is an example. There are existing rules and processes that prevent that being transacted, even though technically it's permitted. China market participants have seen this before with other market opening measures. Sometimes it takes a long period of time, maybe even a few years before all the newly permitted activities can be carried out. Um, you know, for example, uh, stock borrowing and lending has been pinned under Stock Connect for a number of years already, but you know, further changes are required before the activity can be actually transacted effectively. Um, you know, and, and there continues to be a dialogue with uh, you know with Chinese regulators as to how this can be more regulated, uh, more relevant to the international investor. Uh, if the announced changes to the QFI program are implemented as investors hope, yeah, it would solve all of these problems. Since the new QFI rules came out, though, have any of the announced rules and features been clarified so that investors can actually benefit from the market opening measures? Yes, to date, clarity has been provided on commodity futures, commodity options, and stock index options. In October, they announced that uh, QFI investors will be eligible to trade commodity futures, commodity options, stock index options, and trade on futures venues that have been approved by um, the CSRC. Trading in stock index options will be limited to the sole purpose of hedging. So there will be you know, further rules clarifying what investors are going to be able to do on that front. If we compare the QFI and Connect channels now, post the QFI rule changes, which program offers clients better access to China from an equity investor perspective? 
The changes have been made to the QFE program over the past three years have now made QFE a better channel than Stock Connect for investors that have the infrastructure and staffing to manage the additional complexities of QFE compared with the simpler Stock Connect channel. You know, for stock access, QFE investors can access all the stocks listed on the Shanghai, Shenzhen uh, exchanges, so 4,200 stocks, and on the NEEQ, which is over 10,000 stocks. Um, Stock Connect has a smaller universe of securities of about you know 1,400. Uh, QFIs can now also access onshore ETFs, IPOs, whereas Connect cannot. Um, now, I, I would note that the QFI and Connect programs are not mutually exclusive, so investors that qualify can use both. Um, if investors use Swap, they can transact through their brokers who have access to both QFI and Connect, so they will have all the access you know, that's available through both programs. Connect has certainly been a very successful program in terms of opening up China's equity markets to foreign investors. The new QFI rules sound like they will provide even greater market access, but there are still market restrictions that impact investor access to China in a meaningful way. Currently, what are the remaining major areas that investors would like to see improved? Yeah, as a result of these market reforms, um, MSCI, FTSE, and S&P added Chinese A shares to their benchmarks at an inclusion factor of, of 20 to 25%. You know, and that means they are not they are not fully representing their market capitalization weight in those indices. Um, so there are additional measures that the index providers would like to see implemented, moving closer to international standards, and that would actually result in you know a increased inclusion factor. You know, in terms of Connect, um, you know, the introduction of um, block trading to increase liquidity uh, in the market, you know, is something that, uh, you know, is, is sought. Harmonization of the Hong Kong and China trading calendars to avoid days when the Chinese A-share market is open, but stock Connect investors can't trade because the Hong Kong Stock Exchange is closed. Um, and an increase in the eligible securities. So, you know, there's really no reason why the Connect channel you know, couldn't have all the securities available that the QFI channel currently currently has. So for both, you know, QFI and Stock Connect, order cancellation in the flexibility to cancel orders in the open and closing auction, uh, aligning the settlement cycle, the short settlement cycle onshore creates challenges for, for global investors. It doesn't support settlement on trade date of shares purchased on trade date. Leveraging the Stock Connect platform can resolve that issue. Also, for stock borrowing and lending, programs have been officially announced for both Stock Connect and QFI, but neither program can be yet used at this time because there needs to be additional rules and clarification as to how exactly it's going to work. Uh, brokers have been able to offer you know, de facto stock loan access via swap for the Connect channel and will now likely be to be able to offer exposure for QFI since China has approved um, shorting for QFI. Uh, additionally, there's a 30% foreign ownership limit Foreign investors in Chinese companies are still subject to that cap. Um, you know, at certain times in the market, you know, that cap has become problematic in, in certain securities where, you know, the international community is at the cap and, and uh, you know, essentially uh, getting access to the stock can be essentially, you know, rationed or, you know, essentially distorted in terms of, uh, terms of a premium. Well, now let's look at an actual order execution. What are the various execution options available for investors via the QFI and Connect channels? You know, first it's important to stress the same rules that govern the domestic investors in China are applied to foreign investors. So whilst it's a, you know, different market microstructure with its own compliance rules, 
generally those rules are the same for onshore investors as opposed to offshore investors utilizing the, the Connect channel. In terms of what the relevant rules are, um, you know, the CSRC is China equity markets regulated by, um, you know, regulated uh, by the CSRC. Uh, there's also the Securities and Futures Commission in Hong Kong. Other relevant regulators for QFI are the CSRC, the PBOC, and SAFE. Okay, now let's hear about the different ways to execute orders in China to see how similar it is versus developed markets. Sure. You know, in terms of QFI, it's, uh, you know, cash stocks can be executed directly through the onshore broker and custodian. You know, swaps can be executed, you know, using the broker's QFI. Um, securities can't be purchased and sold on the same day, and that's, that's true for all investors in the market. So if you buy a stock, you have to wait, you know, 24 hours, you know, we have to wait until the next calendar trading day to sell the stock, uh, you know, which has, you know, reduced the frequency of, of turnover in the market. You know, stock borrowing and lending are now permitted under the new 2020 QFI rules, but, you know, they haven't clarified the details yet. There's some conflict around existing rules. Consequently, shorting via QFI is not, not practical at this, at this moment. And using brokers' long positions to sell long on swap is the only way at present to gain short exposure to the market. You know, over time, China will work with market participants to change the rules, processes, and infrastructure to support you know, a more robust um, stock loan uh, and uh, stock shorting capability you know, for QFIs. Uh, for Connect execution, it's very similar to QFI because the onshore rules apply. You can purchase both cash stocks as well as swaps. Um, the same rules apply about being able to purchase and sell stock on the same day. Securities must be purchased the day prior to being sold. Um, investors can short on swap by using you know, long inventory that their brokers may have, but that, that inventory must have been purchased prior to the trade date. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to exchanges. Can you give us an overview on the different stock exchanges in China? Shanghai and Shenzhen are the two exchanges most investors are familiar with. Sure, absolutely. And they're, they're some of the biggest in the world now. Uh, the Shanghai Stock Exchange actually opened in 1990, and it operates you know, two main, two main boards. One is the uh, main board where they have large, middle, and small cap listings. And then there is the Star Market, uh, which is a science and technology innovation segment of the market. And that launched in 2019, uh, focused on tech stocks. Then the Shenzhen Stock Exchange also launched in 1990. You, the Shenzhen Exchange has three major, you know, has three major components. One is the, you know, main, uh, you know, the main board which uh, has large cap listings. Then there is the SME, small and medium cap, uh, you know, venue, and they also have a program called Chinext, which focuses on high growth and technology oriented startups. You know, similar to Nasdaq does in the United States. And that was launched in 2009. Okay. And I heard that China just launched a new stock exchange in Beijing over November 15th. Uh, can you tell us about the Beijing stock, stock Exchange? And also, when you discussed the new QFI rules, you had mentioned the National Equities Exchange and quotations. The National Equity Exchange and quotation NEQ, established in 2012, is an over-the-counter system established in Beijing for trading stocks that aren't listed on the major exchanges, similar to how pink sheets work in the United States. 
Uh, it's approved for key fee investors via the new rules, but not yet for Connect investors. The Beijing Stock Exchange just launched um, you know, this year, November 15th. The Beijing Stock Exchange um, you know, has, has strong government sponsorship. Uh, the purpose of the Beijing Stock Exchange is that it will complement the Shenzhen and Shanghai exchanges by focusing on small and, and mid-sized companies and provide an additional source of capital. Um, small, you know, as small businesses have had difficulty getting funding from banks, and it's designed to be a equity funding option for those smaller businesses. Policymakers would like to promote innovation and technology entrepreneurship domestically, the grow China's tech sector specifically. The rules allow it to process listings more quickly than other exchanges. You know, the first round of companies that are being listed are mainly software, pharmaceutical, and uh, high-tech manufacturing. And there's about 81 stocks listed. Uh, you know, 10 were 10 were IPOs. And um, 71 were "quote unquote" promoted from the NEEQ. So it's really interesting to see, you know, how so many dynamic changes are taking place, and and that the market is becoming, you know, significantly more similar to uh, the options that investors have. You know, on many of the international stock exchanges. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been so informative. Thank you so much, Gene. Uh, that's all the time we have for now. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, and I would look forward to covering more topics in the future. We'll see you next time.